ever gone to some sort of a meeting or a, a conference or a function of some kind, uh, some sort of a gathering, and you didn't really want to go? Your heart was not in it. Maybe you didn't even see any real advantage to going, uh, but you know that you're expected. You felt that it was expected of you, and, and then if you didn't go, maybe other people would think badly of you. Maybe it would reflect, reflect badly on your job uh, situation and so forth. So you went, just really sort of putting in an appearance, not because you actually wanted to be there, but you just felt it was expected and you had to go. Have you ever done that? I think every one of us would say, yes, of course I've done that. Uh, it, it may have been a, uh, a job or work function. It may have been something involved with school. It might have been a community event of one sort or another. You're there. You're just going through the motions, so to speak, and your heart certainly is not in it. All right, now, I challenge you to be really honest here. Have you ever done that in regards to attending church services? Have, have you ever done that? Maybe, maybe yes, maybe you didn't really have your heart in it, but you knew it was expected of you, and you went just to put in an appearance, just to be there. You know, we have stressed a lot through the years the importance of attending services, the importance of attending all the worship services. Uh, we've quoted verses like Hebrews 10:25, not forsaking the assembling yourselves together as the matter of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. We've really stressed attendance, and I think that's the right thing to do, of course. But it may be that that has resulted in that sometimes we come, uh, maybe even we come regularly, but we're just going through the motions and our heart is not really in it. If you can relate to that, then I hope you'll be able to relate to the subject of our study this morning. Uh, we want to make a statement. Simply going to church doesn't fix all the problems, okay? Uh, we're going to use as a text for our study Jeremiah chapter 7, and you may be wanting to turn there in your Old Testament. We're going to be looking at some things that Jeremiah said to the people of God Right along those lines, you're coming, you're coming to worship, but you're really not getting the job done, and that's not fixing all your problems. That's going to be the gist of our study this morning. Before we get any further into that, let me stop here for just a minute to thank you all for being here. What a beautiful Lord's Day it is in Middle Tennessee. Really couldn't ask for better. It is, of course, Mother's Day, a day we've set, us, set apart to honor our mothers, and, and we've got a lot of mothers here, and we, we appreciate you all. We want you to know that we do. Uh, thank you, mothers, for being here. Thank everybody for being here. It's just a great privilege to be able to assemble to worship God on this beautiful Lord's Day. We pray He'll be glorified. We'll pray we'll be edified. We've got visitors today. Thanks for coming. Come back whenever you can and ask any questions you have about what you see or hear at College View. Thanks for being here today. In Jeremiah, uh, remember sort of the context of the uh, of the whole book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Uh, was a great, powerful prophet of God, and he had been sent to the nation of Judah when they were in a real period of great wickedness. And in fact, God had, had already ordained that a punishment was coming. They were going to be carried away into Babylonian captivity. And so Jeremiah is prophesying in that sort of, of, of a setting. Uh, he had been sent to warn, to rebuke, to urge the people to have a change of heart, which they would not ultimately have. They were going to be punished by God. Uh, and so, the text that we're studying this morning in Jeremiah 7 begins in verse 1, the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, 
stand in the gate of the Lord's house and proclaim there this word and say, Hear the word of the Lord, all ye of Judah, and enter in at these gates to worship God. That enter in at these gates to worship God. I want you to notice something about then what's taking place here. Did you notice he says, Go and stand in the gate of the Lord's house. Talk to the people who are entering those gates to worship the Lord. So the people of Judah were still going through the, the motions. Do you see that? They were still going through that process. They were coming. They were making their appearance at the temple. Now, uh, the, the parallel to that, of course, we don't go to the temple to worship God. We come to a place like this to worship God. But I want you to see the parallel. They were, they were completely not right with God. But they were still coming to worship. And it's possible that we might be not right with God. But we keep coming. We keep coming to worship services. We keep coming to make our appearances. But just as Jeremiah is going to tell those people, that doesn't fix everything. Just because you're coming here to the temple to worship doesn't fix your relationship with God. The same thing's true with us. Just because we come, just because we may even be regular in attendance, that doesn't fix things if our heart's not right and we're not doing the right things in our lives. That's the, that's the parallel that we're going to try to draw out from this text in Jeremiah chapter 7. So what does he tell them? Well, first of all, he tells them that just because you're coming here to the temple to worship does not guarantee that your heart is right with God. Notice in verse 3, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Amend your ways and your doings, and I will cause you to dwell in this place. You've got to change some things. You've got to change your ways and your doings. I think he's suggesting here you need to change the way you're thinking. You need to change your thought process, your attitude. And then you, that needs to be shown in what you do. Now, we're going to build that a little bit more as we go through this text. But do you see what's implied here? If you change your ways and your doings, I will cause you to dwell in this place. What's implied? If you don't change your ways and doings, you're not going to dwell in this place. Right? And then we're going to be carried away into captivity. Uh, we, we see that. Um, attitude. Attitude is really a, a, a basic because we're not going to do the right things if we don't have the right attitude of heart. What about us when we come to worship God? I want to tell you something. You can't read my heart and I can't read yours. You know, sometimes we think, Cindy thinks she can read my mind a lot and if there's anybody in this world who can read my mind, it's got to be Cindy. She's been around me long enough, she ought to be able to read my mind. But she didn't read my mind perfectly all the time because a person can't do that, right? I don't care who it is, you can't read their mind perfectly. And so I could come here to worship today and I, and I could have absolutely the wrong heart in the whole matter and, and you wouldn't probably be able to detect that. And I wouldn't be able to detect that in you if that's the case with you. But I'll tell you something for sure and that is that God can read our hearts and God knows whether we're simply here just going through the motions or not. And so, if your heart's not right with God, then your worship is not going to be acceptable to Him. In the text that Anthony read us uh, a few moments ago from 1 John 3, verse 20 there says, If our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. God knows our heart. You might be able to deceive me, I might be able to deceive you. And our heart not be right at all, but you won't deceive God. And so, going to church, if you don't have a right attitude of heart, that will, as we go on to see here, if it, that will be manifested in your actions. If you don't have that right attitude, uh, that just, just coming is not making everything okay. Then he goes on in the text. In chapter 4, he says, just coming here won't protect you from the effects of false teachers. If your heart's not right and you're not doing the right thing, then other people are going to be able to come along and deceive you. 
Um, notice there in verse 4, Trust ye not in lying words, saying, The temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord are these. Um, the, the teachers among those in Judah had uh, given them a false sense of security and the idea that everything would be all right. We've got the temple of the Lord right here anyway. You know, this is the temple of the Lord. The temple of the Lord is here. Everything's okay. Don't worry. You'll be okay. But they were lying words. Did you see that? These were lying words that were being told to the people. And they were under that influence. False teachers were right among them. And they were giving them this false sense of security. You know, there's sort of a classic movie scenario. One of those really scary kind of movies, you know, where there's a villain or a monster or something that's trying to do... And the person thinks now that they're safe and they sit down to sort of relax because they think they have escaped from the danger and the villain or the monster is right behind them ready to get them, right? That's sort of a classic scenario in a movie. Well, that's the way it can be religiously. We can sit down and think we're at ease. We don't have any problems. No danger confronts us. Nothing bad can happen to us. But if we're not on guard and if our hearts are not right and if we're not working hard to be what God wants to be, False teachers can just overwhelm us and take us away. Uh, we cannot afford to let down our guard. Now, these people in Judah had. I think a lot of times religious people do. Uh, just going, to, just going to church. You know, they're not paying attention to what's happening, what's being taught, what the effects might be on their soul. You know, p- people who occupy the pulpit uh, can be false teachers. Just, just coming to church doesn't guarantee you're going to hear the right message from the pulpit, right? But it's not just those who stand in the pulpit who might be misleading. There are other members, uh, and we've known occasions like this, of other members who would be propagating false positions and false teaching, false doctrine. You are not safe necessarily just because you're coming to church. You've got to be on guard. We need to have the attitude uh, toward everything that is taught, not just from the pulpit, but from others as well. What the Bereans had in Acts chapter 17, verse 11 These, the people of Berea, were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the Scriptures daily whether those things were so. That's what we've got to do. And so just coming to church won't protect you from false teaching. You've got to exercise your own study and apply yourself in those regards. Jeremiah goes on to say, just coming here to this temple to worship It's not going to make up for all the wickedness that you've been doing in your lives. Notice beginning at verse 5. For if ye thoroughly amend your ways and your doings, if ye thoroughly execute judgment between a man and his neighbor, if you oppress not the stranger, the fatherless and the widow, and shed not innocent blood in this place, neither walk after other gods to your hurt, then will I cause you to dwell in this place in the land that I gave to your fathers forever and ever." Now, again, as you read that, you have to understand that something that's being implied. He says, if you will oppress not the... Well, they had been, right? The, they, the emphasis of this is clearly that they had been doing... They had been oppressing those who were poor and fatherless, the widows. They had been shed, shedding innocent blood. They'd been even committing murder. And certainly they had been following after other gods. They had been committing idolatry. And he tells them... If you will stop doing that, then I'll let you dwell here. But what's implied is if you don't stop doing that, you are not going to dwell here. But they were still worshiping, right? That's the whole of this. 
They were still worshiping. They were oppressing the poor. They were committing murder. They were worshiping. Oh, yeah, but we still go into the temple of God. They were doing all that bad stuff. Uh, and they thought that maybe just coming to the temple would make that all okay. As we said earlier, today's Mother's Day. I hope all you guys remembered to pay respect to your mothers, both your own mothers and those maybe who uh, are mothers of your children. I hope you've paid respect. And if you haven't, if you forgot and you didn't do anything, well, you might get busy here and try to do a little making up. You know, you might, you might make up lost ground. Maybe go buy some flowers or a box of candy or something because you should have remembered and you didn't. And now you're going to have to make up for that, right? Well, apparently these people in Judah thought they could do that with God. They could do anything they wanted, but then they'd come and make up for it by coming to the temple. That doesn't get the job done with God. Uh, serving God that way won't work. We might be guilty of the same sort of a thought process. You know, we can, we can do whatever we want to do for six days a week. We can go out here and we can dress like worldly people dress and we can talk like worldly people talk and we can act like worldly people act, but we're going to come to church on Sunday and if we keep coming to church on Sunday, that'll make everything okay. No, it won't. It won't. If we're not going to try to live right every day, then coming to church is not going to fix that. Just being at worship services is not going to make that right. Now, we could see it in the case of these people in the nation of Judah, but we need to see that in our case as well. Just coming to church won't make up for six days of wickedness. The text goes on here in verse 9. He says, just coming to the temple does not prove that you are forgiven by God. Look at verse 9 beginning. He says, will you steal, murder, and commit adultery, and swear falsely, and burn incense unto Baal, and walk after other gods whom you know not, and come and stand before me in this house, which is called by my name, and say, we are delivered to do all these abominations. Is this house, which is called by my name, become a den of robbers in your eyes? Behold, even I have seen it, saith the Lord. You get the very idea that they felt like they were okay while they continued right along in their sins. Because they were coming to the temple. This is the temple of God. This is a special place. And as long as we're connected with this temple of God, we can do what we want and God will forgive us and everything will be okay. They, they, now, the thing I really want to emphasize in your thinking here is that they felt good about themselves. You see that? Don't, don't you see that in, in this? They really felt good about themselves. Everything's okay, man. Every, we're good with God. But they certainly were not good with God at all. Their feelings were deceptive feelings. And I think that's a huge lesson that the religious world at large needs. And that is the fact that just feeling good about yourself is not proof of a right standing before God. Feelings can be deceived. And there are a lot of people in this world who are deceived into imagining everything is okay. But they haven't searched the Scriptures and they haven't based that upon the reality of comparing themselves not to their feelings, but to the revealed Word of God. There is only one way to really know if we're in a right standing with God. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 3, 1 John 2, verse 3 says, Hereby we do know that we know Him if we keep His commandments. That's the only way we can be certain that we're right with God. So, again... You can attend worship services and even do so on a very regular basis. But if you're not comparing your life and your heart to what's revealed in the Word of God and, and, and conforming to what's in the Word of God, then you are not right. 
these people in Judah had lots of problems. And as we said, we know Jeremiah was giving them sort of a last warning, which they were not going to heed, and they were going to be carried away. In fact, some by the time Jeremiah is making these statements, some probably already had been taken away in that first part of that captivity uh, that Nebuchadnezzar imposed upon them. Uh, so God's going to punish them. And them going to the temple to worship and keep going to the temple to worship wasn't going to make everything right because they weren't right. They weren't truly obedient. And we would say the same thing about us, that just going to church does not substitute for really complying with God's will. Notice in verse 13, And now, because you have done all these works, saith the Lord, and I spake unto you, rising up early and speaking, but ye heard not, and I called you, but you answered not. Now, we'll pause the thought right there, sort of in mid-statement. Get the idea. God said, I warned you. Now, how was God warning them? Well, there had been a succession of prophets, right, who came to them to warn them, you've got to do better. You've got to repent. You've got to change. You've got to do the will of God. God said, I sent lots of warnings, and you didn't heed them. Uh, I called, but you answered not. The really simple point for them and for us. And that point is this. There's a difference between being active religiously or religiously active and real true obedience. Now, uh, let me say that again because I think that needs to be stressed. There's a difference from just busy religious activity over here and really obeying what God told us to do. Those are not the same thing. There are a lot of people in this world who are religiously active, but they are not doing what God says, and that doesn't get the job done. It's just that idea. Going to church doesn't fix that. If you're not going to be really, truly obedient, then going to church is not going to fix that problem. We need to learn that lesson. All of us do. The entire religious world needs to learn that lesson. Just being busy religiously doesn't substitute for real, true obedience. And then in verse 14, he suggests that just going to church will not remove the consequences of your disobedience. If you're going to keep disobeying, and that's what they were doing, then you can keep coming to the temple, he said, but that's not going to change the consequences of what's going to happen to you for your disobedience. And we know it didn't. And we know that they were carried away into captivity. They kept coming to the temple, but they're going to be carried away. They're going to get kept coming to the temple, but the temple, this temple is going to get torn down and you're going to be carried away into captivity. That was, that was the idea here of Jeremiah's message. If you're not going to be truly obedient, then just coming to the temple is not going to remove the consequences of your disobedience. Let's read there in verse 14. Therefore I will do unto this house, which is called by my name, wherein ye trust, and unto which place and unto the place which I gave to you and to your fathers, as I have done to Shiloh. And I will cast you out of my sight, as I have cast out all your brethren, even the whole seed of Ephraim. So, despite their outward show, and that's all it was really, right? Despite their outward show, uh, they were lost, and punishment was certainly coming. Um, what would you say about God and wickedness? What's the history of God and people who are wicked? It's a consistent history, right? Consistently, God punishes wickedness. It's always been so. Now, God punishes the horrible, awful criminal, you know. Uh, here's this guy, and he's a, he's a robber, a murderer, and a rapist. Is God going to punish him? Well, of course he's going to punish him. What are you thinking? But here's this guy who's simply 
hypocritical churchgoer. God going to punish him? Yeah, God's going to punish him too. God punishes wickedness. And if you, if you are not determined to do your very best in obedience to him, then you can go to church, but going to church is not going to solve your problem because it's not going to remove the consequences of your wrongdoing. Learn the lesson. These people in Judah learned the lesson. They learned it a very hard way with 70 years of, of uh, captivity. Uh, we need to learn the lesson. Uh, be obedient or suffer the consequences. And then finally, in the last section of this address to the children of Judah, Jeremiah is told that told to tell them that their continual coming to the temple was not going to ensure that God would accept their worship. They were coming, and they were offering a form of worship, but it wasn't really from their heart. They weren't doing the right thing in their lives. So you can keep coming to the temple, but that doesn't ensure that God's going to accept the worship that you offer. Notice verse 16. God told Jeremiah, Therefore pray not thou for this people, neither lift up cry nor prayer for them, neither make intercession to me, for I will not hear thee. Don't even, don't even talk to me about that, basically, is what God's saying. Uh, Jeremiah, I don't want you, I don't want you trying to pray for these people because they, their hearts are not right, their deeds are not right, they are not being obedient to my will. Don't pray for them because I'm not going to hear that prayer. Don't talk to me about that, basically. Do you see it? Do you see that even though they, I just can't emphasize this enough in this context, they were still coming to the temple. They were still coming to church, as it were. But Jeremiah was told, don't pray for them, because I'm not going to hear that prayer. They're not right. We can see it for them. We can see it in their case. Can we see it in our own? Just coming to worship, just coming to church services doesn't solve our problems if we're not determined to do what is absolutely right. John chapter 4, verse 24, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. If we're not determined to do that, then just coming to church services doesn't solve our problems. What about us? I hope we can see a clear parallel here uh, between them and us. And the whole, the whole message is, you gotta do, you gotta have the right heart and you have the right actions to be right with God. Anything other than that, not getting the job done. What's your situation this morning? Are you a Christian, but you've not been living right? Now that was very much the situation that Judah was in, right? They were God's people. God had chosen them specially to fulfill His promises. But they, even though God had chosen them, they had gone away from God and they weren't doing the right thing and God was going to punish them. Well, that's the same situation we're in. As Christians, we're God's people. But just going through the motions will not suffice and God will not continue to bless us. In fact, He will punish us if we don't do the right thing. So Christian, as you think about your life and your service, if there's anything amiss, we urge you to make that right. Repent and pray. If you need the prayers of the saints, let us know. We'd be glad to pray with you. Just before we sing this song of invitation, we'd appeal to those who are not yet Christians. Uh, you know, uh, there's some in our assembly this, this morning that are not yet Christians who know that they need to obey the gospel. We're very glad you're here. We love you being here. We want you to be here. Keep coming. But understand that if you're not willing to obey the gospel, then just coming doesn't solve your problem. Just coming doesn't get the job done. You need to submit in obedience to God. If you're not a Christian yet,
And you know that simple gospel plan of salvation. Hear the truth. Believe it. Repent of your sins. Confess your faith in Jesus. Be baptized for the remission of sins. Be right with God. If we can help in any way, let us know while we stand and sing this song.